0: If you will turn with me to John 10, 34, and then we'll pray. We're going to go over these same verses every time while we're doing this series so we get it in our hearts. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Let the power of my Lord be great. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's take a look at these. Verse 34, Jesus said unto them, is it not written in your law? Notice he doesn't call it his law. He says your law. He said, is it not written in your law? I said, you are God's. If he called them God's unto whom the word of God came, and this is the phrase we're after, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture, the Bible, those verses, the word of God cannot be broken. Can't be. As we used to say when I was growing up, you can bet the farm on it the word of god cannot be broken turn with me to romans 2:11 the basis the foundation for what we're speaking romans 2:11 for there is no respect of persons with god there is no respect of persons there is no age respect with god there is no color respect with god there is no money respect with god there is no respecter of persons with God. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity. It doesn't matter about any of that. God does not look at any of that. There is no respecter of persons with God. So what he will do for one, he will do for another. Has to. Has to. Or else he would be a respecter of persons. So what God does with the preacher, he's going to do with the lowest guy on the totem pole. Because he's no respecter of persons. All he's looking for is somebody to believe him. Now, with that, let us go to Luke 7. One of my favorite passages because it means so much to me. All right, verse 36, Luke 7. And one of the Pharisees desired that Jesus would come and eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to me. Jesus would eat with anybody. And this time, he's eating with a Pharisee. It says, and this is wonderful. Why he's eating at the Pharisee's house. He's not at Jesus' house. He's at the Pharisee's house. It says, why he's eating? Behold, a woman, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaxer box of ointment. And stood at Jesus' feet. Notice she got into the house. She got into the house. She walked right in. She heard Jesus was there. She had she had a what do we call it? She was on a mission. She was on a mission. And look what she brought. She said she brought an alabaster box of ointment. You know, that, that, that has occurred three times in scriptures. The other two talks about, I think it was Mary that went into the, um, Simon the leper's house with an alabaster box of ointment, and she was getting Jesus ready for his burial. That alabas- alabaster box, I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're, a, they're, they're made of a rock. Alabaster's a rock. And you can actually carve them, and it, it's a box. She had a box of ointment and the one that went with um, Simon leopards, Judas said, you know, you could have sold that box for 300 pence. You know how much 300 pence is? 300 300 days pay. 300 days pay. So this is no cheap box of perfume. It's worth something. This woman, which was a sinner, brought in an Alabaxer box of ointment. Now it might have been smaller, but it wasn't cheap. So that is an interesting thing to consider. Do you mean that, that Jesus would even let somebody with money in? Alright, but she's a sinner. Now let's take a look at this again. And he stood and she stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears. And to wipe them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet. And anointed them with the ointment. Now I want you to take notice here. This woman. This woman is touching Jesus. She's touching him. And you know what the wonderful thing is? Jesus is letting her. Jesus is letting a woman that the whole city knows... Is a sinner. Think about that for a minute. The the whole city knows. She's a sinner. And Jesus. Is letting her. Touch him. He's letting her touch him. Not only touch him. But the tears. Of her eyes. Are falling on his feet. And she's washing his feet. Those tears off. With her hair. And she's weeping. I mean, she's rubbing all over his feet. And he doesn't care. He doesn't mind. He's letting her do it. You know, this, this, this passage right here, I'm going to insert a testimony here. Back in the 90s, early 2000s, when I was living in Frisco, God was ministering to me this verse. When I grew up, I grew up in denominationalism. I grew up in a denominational church. And I grew up with in my heart that you couldn't touch Jesus. That he was so far above us and so pure that he wouldn't let you touch him, let alone get near him. And that was in my heart. And God was showing me these verses, and he was ministering to me You can touch me, you can come to me. You can handle me. You can touch me. And these were burning in my heart. And I remember, and and I'm just going to say it. I got in the shower, and these verses were in my soul. They were in my heart. God was burning them. I don't know if you've ever had the Holy Spirit burn Scripture into you. But it's ministering to me, and I'm standing there in the shower, and I'm taking the shower, and I'm considering this. And all of a sudden, the word Jesus spoke to me. Jesus. He spoke in my heart. It wasn't audible, but he spoke in my heart. He said, reach out and touch me. I said, I can't. I can't. I couldn't. And the Spirit of God, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, said, reach out and touch me. And I couldn't. I was in tears because I couldn't. And he wouldn't stop, and he kept saying, come on, reach out and touch me. And I finally, finally got to the point I took my hands and I closed my eyes and I reached out. And my hands touched the tile in the shower, but my heart touched Jesus. And the power of God surged down my arms into my heart. And I ended up on my knees. And God was just pouring his love on me and delivering me from a bunch of rejection that that denominational church ministered to me. The word of God is true. And the word of God is far above what your heart thinks and what your heart considers and what your heart thinks is the truth. The word of God is above our hearts. And when I reached out and touched, I did it in faith. And like I said, when my hands touched the tile. But my heart touched Jesus, and that power of God ministered to me, delivered me from a bunch of rejection that you couldn't get to Jesus. Well, this woman got to him. She got to him, a sinner. The whole town knew she was a sinner. All right, let's go back. And and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now, when the Pharisee, the religious guy, Mr. Religion, when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, which invited him in, saw it, he spoke within himself, saying, This man, notice he called Jesus a man, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. He'd have known, if he's a prophet, he'd have known what she'd done. He'd have known what she was. You know, it never says what she is here. And, you know, I like how the, the Spirit of God will do it. He'll leave you a blank, and he'll let you fill it in. He says, this woman was a sinner. So, you know, in our hearts already, we, we, we label her. But we don't know what the sin is. Whatever you labeled this woman in your heart, I guarantee you, is in your heart right now. Whatever you thought this woman did, that came out of your heart. It didn't come out of the word of God. You know what? It's a good time to start repenting. It's a good time to let God get that out of our hearts. We don't know what the woman did. But we assume. You know, it's a wicked, wicked heart that will assume. All right, we don't know what she did, but but everybody else knew. We don't know. Uh, God God did not want it in here, but everybody else knew she was a sinner, and he knew what kind of sinner she was. So the Pharisees said, if this man were a prophet, he would have known. Who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, that touches him, and he's okay with her touching him. He doesn't stop her. He lets her go on. It says, "For she is a sinner." And Jesus, answering, said unto him, "Now notice, this man said it to himself in his heart. He didn't say it out loud." Jesus answers him. Ever have Jesus do that to you? You're minding your own business, thinking, and then you, and then God starts talking. I love it. Dole has a testimony where he was he was considering something, I think he said, um, and and how far would a man go. And he was thinking it inside his heart, and God said, As far as you, as far as you'll let me take you. And and and, and Dole's reaction was, I didn't, I wasn't talking to you. God knows our thoughts. He knows our thoughts, and he knew this, he knew this Pharisee's thought. The Pharisee did not say it out loud, but Jesus answered him anyway. And he said, Simon. I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. He said, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence. That's a day's wage. And the other 50. And he said, and when they had nothing to pay. This is Jesus talking. And when they had nothing to pay, they couldn't pay the debt. This is Jesus talking. Have you ever been in a place where you can't pay the debt? I have. He said, when they couldn't pay the debt, finally he forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Not like him, love him the most. Which of him will love him the most? And Simon answered him and said, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. Thou hast rightly judged. This is Jesus. This is our Savior. Notice what he says. Notice what he says. Who I forgave most. Who I forgave most. One day we will thank God how bad we were. And I'll tell you what. It is the mercy and grace and love of God. To show you how bad you are. I'll say it again. It is the mercy and grace and love of God. To show you how bad you really are. Because then you can be this woman. You'll find yourself just like this woman. Alright. He said, and when they had nothing to pay. He frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him the most? And Simon said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said to him, thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman. And he said to Simon, now he's talking to Simon and he's pointing to the sinner, the woman. He said, seest thou this woman? He said, I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. Now, pay attention to what the woman did. This will help us. What did the woman do? He said, she she said, Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, But this woman, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. Kiss my feet. He said, my head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. You know, that box of alabaster ointment had to cost her a lot of money. It had to cost her a lot of money. And here... She is putting it on Jesus. She's putting something that cost her on Jesus. She's after something. Like I said, she's on a mission. It says, and wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, her sins which are many. He knew what she had done. He knew what she was. This is Jesus. But you know what? It's not Jesus that told her what she did. It's not Jesus that knew what she did. I want you to understand this. This was the father in Jesus that told Jesus what she had done. If you remember, Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself. I can do nothing of myself. Jesus could not read what was in this woman's heart. The spirit of God in Jesus read what was in her heart and that spirit of God told Jesus. Remember, Jesus can't do anything unless the Father told him to do it. The Father's the one that set up the woman to come. The Father's also the one through the Holy Ghost that told Jesus what she had done. The Father through the Holy Ghost is the one that told Jesus what the Pharisee was thinking. Or the, yeah, was thinking. It was the Spirit of God in him. Do you know we have the Spirit of God in us if we are are baptized in the Holy Ghost? We've got the same ability that Jesus had. We have the same spirit that Jesus moved and did the miracles in. We have the same spirit. All right? It says, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. Why? For she loved much. She loved much. How did she love? How did this woman love? Well, you know what? She just didn't stand there and tell Jesus, I love you. She never said anything out loud. How did Jesus know she loved her? Because she loved him. Her tears went on his feet. She wiped her tears away with her hair, washing his feet. These people lived in a time where you wore sandals. They didn't have a lot of shoes. And your feet were dirty. Your feet were sandy and and dirty coming in off the streets. Those streets, those streets had everything in the streets, folks. This wasn't Plano. There was everything in the streets. And she, yet, with her tears on his feet, washed his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. This is what she did. This is how she loved him. Not only that, she anointed his feet with ointment. She touched him. All right? It says, for she loved much, she loved much, but to whom, I'm going to read that again. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, are forgiven, for she loved much. What did she do? She worshipped him, and she anointed his feet with what she had. She had an alabaster box of ointment. She used it on Jesus. She used it on Jesus. She just didn't wipe her feet, his feet with her hair. She used some ointment. Sometimes God will require us to give something to prove our love. Sometimes. Here she uses an alabaster box of ointment. But Jesus said she loved much. She loved much. She worshipped him. She worshipped him. And you say, well, I can't touch his feet. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can worship him with your mouth. You can worship him with your mouth. You can get down on your hands and your knees. You can get on your face. And you can worship him. I've done it. I do it often. I do it often. Why? Because my sins, which were many, he has forgiven My sins, which were many, he has forgiven. And I love much, as much as I can. I worship him. You say, how do you worship Jesus? You open your mouth and you say things like, Jesus, I just want to worship you. I want to thank you that you came to earth and that you died for me. I want to thank you you took the scourge for me. I want to thank you that you took the nails for me. I want to thank you that you took my sins, all this that I've done. You took it on your own body. I just want to worship you and thank you for it. I want to thank you. You know my name. I want to thank you. You see where I am. I want to thank you that you know my heart and you know I want out of this. I just worship you, Jesus. I just worship you. I just worship you how beautiful you are. I worship you that you trusted the father and you were raised from the dead. And when you were raised from the dead, you took me with you. That's how you worship Jesus. You worship him with the word. You worship him with your heart. You get honest with him. He's not afraid of honesty, but you worship him. That's how you love him. It says, um, and then it says, and he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Thy sins are forgiven. He said, And they that sat at me with him began to say within themselves, Who is it that forgiveth this woman also? Who is this that forgiveth sins also? Who is this guy? Forgiven sins. Who is he? And you know what Jesus says right here? He says, Thy faith. Thy faith. Thy faith has saved thee. Where was the faith? She had to get to him. She got to him. She worshipped him. She put her tears on his feet. She wiped him with the hairs of her head. She worshipped him. She, She put the ointment on his feet. She loved him. You know what Jesus called that? Faith. Faith. She went there on a mission. She went there to get the Messiah's attention and she got it. And he said, thy sins are forgiven. Now, I want you to consider this. Go with me. Well, let's, at the very last verse, it says, thy faith has saved thee. Thy faith has saved thee. She got all her sins forgiven. Every sin forgiven. The woman walked out of that house with no sin. She walked out of that house with No sin. You want to sing mission accomplished. But I want to show you something. Go with me to Isaiah. I'm sorry, Jeremiah 5. Jeremiah 5, verse 25. This is the father talking through the prophet Jeremiah. He said, your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholding good things from you. That woman walked out of that house with no sin and you say well the city still thinks she's a sinner who cares who cares do you know I guarantee you by this first right here by this first right here your iniquities your sins Your iniquities have turned away these things and your sins have withholding good things from you. I guarantee you that woman's life turned around in a day. Turned around in a day. Turn around in a day. Why? Because God now could bless her. God now could bless her. The sins were gone. God could now bless her. God wants to bless. God is love. He is love. He doesn't have love. He is love. Well, why doesn't he love you? Why doesn't he love me? Get the sin out so he can. We get the sin out so he can. And you know, there's another verse that says he can't even look on sin. When we get the sin out, he can bless us. I guarantee you by my own experience that when the sin comes out God blesses. God can start to change your life. I have seen lives totally changed in a day. In a day. I have seen people delivered, and the next day or the next, the next couple of weeks, they got a new place to live and a, and a new car to drive or a car to drive where they couldn't drive before. I've seen God bless and bless and bless. That's what he wants to do, but he can't do it if there's sin there. He can't. It says they withhold those good things from us. So what did this woman do? She got rid of the sin. She got rid of the sin. She walked out of there justified, just like she had never sinned before. That is the ability of Jesus and the Father in him. That is the ability. You say, how? We have five minutes left. Let's go to Isaiah 53. How could that be? How could that be? What about her sin? I will show you when she was worshiping Jesus, what he knew. What he knew he was about to accomplish for this woman, for us, for you, for your children, for your family. This is what Jesus knew in his heart when she came to worship him. He knew he was about to do this for her. Isaiah 53, go with me. Let's let's start in verse 1. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Jesus knew this. Why? Jesus could read. And he knew this was him. It says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It says, and we hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs, our sicknesses, and carried our pains. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He knew that woman worshiping him, that sinner, he knew that not very long from then he was going to carry all her sin for her. That's why he could forgive her. He knew he was going to carry it. He knew that not very long from then he was going to be on the cross and all her iniquities were going to be on his body, not hers, his. That is what he did for all of us. He knew he was going to go to the cross for her. That's why he could forgive her. He knew he was going to carry her sin and he was going to carry it clear into hell. And then the father was going to see the sacrifice that Jesus made. The father was going to watch Jesus and he was going to see the sacrifice that Jesus made for that woman, for you, for me. And the father was satisfied and he raised Jesus from the dead. When he raised Jesus from the dead is the moment that your sins and my sins were paid for. Paid for. Your sins have already been paid for if you will believe it. If you will walk in it. If you will put your eyes on the man that saved that woman. If you will put your eyes on the man that saved that you That's why he came. He said, handle me. Come to me. We're going to finish in Psalm 91. Verse 14. Psalm 91 says, because he has set his love upon me. That's what that woman did. She put her love on Jesus. All she could. It says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. Therefore, will I deliver him? You put your love on Jesus. You put your love on Jesus. You do that by worshiping him. You do that by reading his word out loud. You do that by talking to him. You do that by believing what he did on the cross for you. That is putting your love on Jesus. And what happens? He will deliver you. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will answer him. Not maybe, I will. If you put your love on Jesus. He says, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. Oh, is he with you in trouble? He is with you in trouble. Not only is he with you, he will get you out. He will fix it. He will fix it. It says, and I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? You know what that salvation was? It was Jesus. I'll show you Jesus. I'll show you my salvation. What do you have to do to get in this? You got to worship the man. You got to love the man, Jesus. You've got to worship him. And the first thing for that is you've got to be born again. You've got to get the man in you. You've got to get your Savior, your Messiah, the one that loved you enough to give his life for you. You've got to get him inside you. You do that by being born again. John 3 says you must, you must be born again. You must be. How do you do that? You go to Jesus in prayer and you ask him to come into your heart and you tell him, I believe that you were raised from the dead. And it says, those that call on the name of Jesus shall be saved, shall be delivered, shall be fixed. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson care of Water of Life Church post office box 861-327 Plano, Texas 75086 you may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter until next time, God bless